0: I'm just kidding. So all right. So last week we started our new study in First Peter and Quincy Rogers led us through the study and um, I don't not here to embarrass him, but I'm here to say that was the best message he's ever given. And I, I think by the grace of God <laughs> By the grace of God, listen, if you weren't here, if you haven't had the chance to, to listen to Quincy's message, I would encourage you to read chapter 1 verses 1 through 12 and then go listen to Quincy's message because he did a great job of talking about having your faith in Christ when enduring trials. You know, one of the, one of the things that I took away from his message, he said this, he's like, in my darkest moment, it was 1st and 2nd Peter, the power of the Holy Spirit that built my foundation and my faith in Jesus Christ, and so I, I, I'm very grateful for him sharing what he shared last week. Again, if you weren't here last week, I encourage you to, to to listen to it and go read the first twelve verses, uh, because tonight we're going to finish chapter one. Listen, we're already going quicker than we are in Mark, like so. Uh, so I know, right? <laughs> but um, we're going to finish chapter one. I don't think we finished one chapter in... Two weeks with Mark, but anyways. Uh, chapter one. And, uh, this portion of the letter is a, is a call to action for us as believers. Okay, this, this portion is a call of action for us as believers to live a life that aims to, to please Jesus Christ. In 2 Corinthians 5, chapter 5 verse 9, it talks about our aim to please Christ. And so we see here in this section in your Bibles, it will be titled A Call to Holy Living. And when it comes to this whole, to living a holy life, uh, I'll be honest, too many times we as the church have either complicated it, oh, can I answer it? No, 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 okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, all right. So this portion of this section, we're talking about what it means to live a holy life. And uh, at times, I think maybe us as the church, we've complicated it too much. Maybe we've actually allowed things to get in that aren't actually true about what holy living is. Uh, and my hope and prayer for you uh, and for myself today is teaching um, about holiness. Uh, this is the main thing I want you to know. The call to holy living is a call to live a sincere life for Jesus Christ. The call for whole, to holy living is a call to live a sincere life for Jesus Christ. Tim mentioned when we finished Mark about a month ago that if we either believe or we don't believe. It's, it's down to those two choices. We either believe or we don't believe in Jesus Christ. And if we are calling ourselves believers, if you're in this room today and you're saying, I believe in Jesus Christ, I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ, the question we need to all ask ourselves is am I living like a believer? Am I living like a believer? Am I living a life that shows that I have surrendered my life to Christ? And so with that, let's turn to uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, starting at verse 13. If you have the Bibles that I gave you guys, it's on page 660. All right, page 660. Uh, we'll have the verses on the screen as well. If you're following along on your cell phone app, um, we're using the CSB, the Christian Standard uh, Bible Version, alright? So, 1 Peter, chapter 1, starting at verse 13. I'll wait. To write down on the first the What's that? 1 <laughs> wait, the, the what Peter. Are we guys ready? Silence. Are we good? What's up? C- C- CSB. C S B C S B. All right, let's go. <clears throat> Therefore, with your minds ready for action, be sober-minded, and set your hope completely on the grace to be brought to on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the desires of your former ignorance, but as the one who called you, you is holy. You also are to be holy in all your conduct. For it is written, Be holy, because I am holy. If you appeal to the Father who judges judges impartially according to each one's work, you are to conduct yourselves in reverence during your time living as strangers." For you know that you were redeemed from the empty way of life inherited from your fathers, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of an unblemished and spotless lamb. He was foreknown before the foundations of the world, but was revealed revealed in these last times for you. Through him you believe in God, Who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God? Since you have purified yourselves by your obedience to the truth, so that you show sincere brotherly love for each other, from a pure heart love one another constantly, because you have been born again, not of a perishable seed, but of of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like a flower of the grass." The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this word is the gospel that was proclaimed to you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this evening, Lord. I thank you for all the students and leaders that are here this evening Lord and I also thank you for the parents that are uh, praying for for us and for the church as a whole this evening right now lord god we We read here in these scriptures a call to to live a holy life a life that it, that is our aim to please you and father when when we embrace this call that means there there are going to be attacks at times there 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 is a battle that is taking place lord god and sometimes it's the enemy's way of just slowing us down but father god i pray no matter what we're going through in our life that during the midst of what we're going through that we endure and knowing that we don't uh, compromise the truth of who you are but we continue to be steadfast loving you Father, I pray through the power of the Holy Spirit this evening, Lord God, that uh, you help me through this message, Lord. Uh, as I've been wrestling through it, Lord, you, you know uh, in my heart so that at times I feel unworthy to even talk about living a holy life because as a sinner I know I, I, I am I'm nowhere near to holiness of who Jesus Christ is. And yet that, that's the beauty of it. By, by the saving grace and love of Christ, we can keep our eyes on Him and pursue Him. And so, Father, I pray for everyone in here today, Lord God, that we can come away with, a, with an aim to live a sincere life that is choosing to be holy and pleasing to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I pray this all in Your heavenly name. Amen. Is anyone else hot in here? Okay. Okay. Alright, let's focus here. So, one of the things I want you guys to know right away. In the, in the sentence that we just started with, it started with a therefore statement. It said, therefore. And here's something I want you to know. When it starts off with a sentence, therefore... Or so, or however else the other translation may be, we need to recognize that the author is making to a point to what he said previously. Okay, so if you go, if you were to go back and reread verses 3 through 12 in, the, in this letter, Peter is making the point that Jesus Christ is the living hope, whether we are in a season on the mountaintop with him, or we're in a season where we're enduring a trial that Quincy talked about last week. And since we are proclaiming that Jesus Christ is our living hope, in this next section, Peter wants us to recognize some things about the way we are to live. See, the way, when we call ourselves a believer, it's not a matter of picking and choosing when we live like a believer. It's our aim to consistently be pursuing a holy life that is pleasing to God. So, I like breaking down letters into sections if you guys haven't figured that out already. So... Um, in this first section, we're going to look at verses 13 through 16, and we can call it the call. Okay? I'm going to call it the call. The call. Like, ring, ring, hello, here's a call for you. Okay? No, 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 it's okay. The call. So in these, these verses here, Peter is addressing a few things. First and foremost, that we, that we kind of need to get, a, first thing is that we need to get a grip on. Uh, We need to get a grip on our minds, our emotions, and our behaviors. Okay, Our minds, our emotions, and our behaviors. Uh, If you didn't know, the mind is one of the most powerful things that God has created in us. Um, There are scientists and psychologists who have done many studies on the mind and on the brain uh, to the point that some scientists are willing to buy someone's brain for a million dollars after they die. Yeah, did you know that? Like, there are people out there, for a million dollars, after they die, they're like, okay, you can have my brain and do whatever tests you want to. She's giving me a weird look, like, ah, oh, that's, that's weird.
1: What? Wait.
0: I'm not giving so, my brain... No. no. Wait. What? <laughs> All right, well, yes, yes. Hold on. Time, 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 time. Time out. Go ahead. I don't know. I. I mean, there's a bunch of research that they've done on it to to try to understand the mind and the brain and like, but it. There's there's very little that we still know. There's so much more about the mind and the brain, but one thing that has been shown through these studies about the mind is that whatever we allow in can dictate our thoughts, which can dictate our emotions, which then dictates our behavior. Let me give you a personal example. Uh, growing up, I lived in a small town that was mostly country living, okay? So you would have thought i listened to country music. No, no I didn't. Um, what? You're right. It, I, I, I didn't fall in line with the country... Anyways. Anyways. No, I just didn't look good in a cowboy hat and cowboy boots. Anyways. Okay. Anyways, anyways, back on track. Back on track. What I did listen to, though, what I did listen to was rap music. Okay? Right? Okay. Now, now... Focus, focus. Bring it back in. Now, the, these rap artists... They, they rapped about a lot of different things. And how they rapped... Sorry, this bucket keeps being in the way. How they rapped... Um, also, they, they shared their emotions. For example, one rapper, when he rapped, he was very angry. Alright? He was a very, very angry rapper. He kind of sounded like he wanted to burn the whole world down, if he could. Um, there was another rapper who also was kind of angry too, talking about being in a gang and, and, and shooting up people. I, listen, I'm just telling you who I was before Christ, alright? Another rapper, listen, another rapper talked about why it was uh, fun to go to bars and clubs and get drunk and steal women. Now, now here's something, here's my point with this. My point with this. This music that I listened to, probably starting at the age around 15 or 16, till I was about 21 years of age, 22 years of age, influenced my thought process. And influenced how I behaved and how I was feeling. So the, the rapper who was always angry all, all the time, when I would listen to him, and when I was done, I'd be angry and want to go punch a wall. Alright? When when the when the guy talked about like going to a club and, and getting drunk and, and being that macho man with all the girls around him. That was my thought process. I thought I was supposed to go and steal guys girls. Wait,
1: wait, what? Wait, what? Steal guys, girls.
0: Guys, we need focus. We need focus, focus. Here's here's my point. You need to be careful what you're allowing in. You need to be careful what you're allowing in when it comes to music, when it comes to TV, and also you have to be careful what's coming in based off social media, because I know most of you are all on social media. Because because here here here's something that the the world is trying to sell you in a way to live. All right? The, the world is trying to sell you that this is the right way to live when it's actually a sinful way that's not trying to glorify God. It actually wants to reject God. I don't know if anyone of you have ever heard this, but I remember growing uh, not growing up, but when I earlier gave my surrendered my life to Christ, I remember there was a point when Some someone said to me a few times, like, "Oh, you're a Christian now. Be careful. They'll brainwash you. (laughs) Careful, they're going to brainwash you." Anyone ever? Am I the only one who's ever heard that? Anyone else hear that? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, they're going to brainwash you. Let let me let me just let me ask a simple question, okay? How many of you ever washed your clothes? For, for, for those of you who didn't wash your clothes, that means you haven't done your chores, so I'm telling your parents after this, okay? Um, all right, all right, all right, all right. How many of you, how many of you have ever, have ever washed your dog? Okay. How many of you, how many of you have ever, have ever tried to wash your cat, if you have a cat? Okay, okay. How many of you have ever tried to wash your parents' car? Mom and dad allow you to wash your parents' car. Okay. Now, here's, here's the real question. How many of you wash your hands? Whose hands aren't up? Oh, not... okay,
1: okay,
0: okay, okay. So why... Why do we wash these things? Whether it's our clothes, the dog, the car. They're dirty. Right. They're dirty. I I heard you. I'm just saying. They're dirty. Here's my point to that. The Word of God is washing our brain because it's the only thing through the power of the Holy Spirit that can clean all the dirty sins that get trapped in our minds. The Word of God is washing our brain because it's the only thing through the power of the Holy Spirit that can clean all the dirt that is sin, that gets into our brains and into our minds. Romans 12, verse 2 says this, Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may discern what is good, pleasing, and the perfect will of God. Philippians 4, verse 8 Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellence and if there is anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. Other translations say think about these things or meditate on these things. Colossians 3.2 says, Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. See, the only reason people will say something foolish like, be careful, they'll brainwash you, is because they don't want to confront their own sins. They, they don't want to confront their own sins, and they would rather conform to the teachings of the world than conform to the teachings of God. Yes? So, like, when you said, you uh, will brainwash, are you talking about non-Christians or Christians? Non-Christians. Non-Christians. Yeah. Non, non, Non-Christians. Like, I remember the first time... One of the very first times, someone who I was a was a friend with at the time, and said, "Yeah, I gave my life to Christ," and he's like, "Who brainwashed you? Like, what, ha- like, what happened?" Um, but here's the thing: if we call ourselves believers. And we, we're going, my question for us here today, if we're calling ourselves believers, how much of God's Word are we allowing into our life versus the culture being into our life? I, I mean, I, we talked with the, the leaders earlier today. How, how, how much time during the day are you taking time to just pause and be in God's Word and to pray and be with Him versus the time you're taking to watch TV, play video games, fill in the blank Now, not all those things are bad it's just a question of asking ourselves if we're we want to live a life that's holy and pleasing to god and if we want to understand what it means to live a life for christ how often are we going to be in his word which he tells us and what that looks like and so this brings me to my next point about the call to holy living let's reread verses 14 through 16 in first peter It says, As obedient children, do not be conformed to the desires of your former ignorance, but as the one who called you is holy. You are also to be holy in all your conduct, for it is written, Be holy, because I am holy. Alright. So, here's here's what I'm going to do first. I'm going to talk about what isn't holiness. Okay? Here's what holiness is. Isn't and if you're taking notes, here's what I want you to do on on the uh, vertically. I want you to write M, and then underneath T, and then underneath D. So M. I wish I had a whiteboard. M T D, vertically. M. No, not M T V. M as in Mike. T as in table. And D as in dog. (laughs)
1: What?
0: (laughs) It. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right, Mike, Tim, and Dave. There you go, Mike, Mike, Tim, and Dave. All right. So, because you guys are the, as as some of you guys would say, the big boys and big girls in this this room, um, comparing to the kids. Okay. I'm going to throw out some big words and then explain them really quickly, okay? So M. The M word is moralistic. I'm going to explain this all quickly. Moralistic. M-O-R-A-L-I-S-T-I-C. Moralistic. Moralistic. Ready for T? Therapeutic. Therapeutic. T-H-E-R-A-P-E-U-T-I-C. T-H-E-R-A-P-E-U-T-I-C. So you got moralistic. Listen, listen. Moralistic, therapeutic. D word is deism. D-E-I-S-M. Deism. No, D-E-I-S-M. Close. D. Okay. And listen, if you missed it, You missed it. You can get it from your small group leaders. I'm trusting that they got it. Perfect. Quincy gave me the thumbs up, so he speaks for all you other leaders. All right? Um, Moralistic, therapeutic deism. Now, this is a teaching that was started in 2005 and has infiltrated our church. And and it's tainted what holy living is actually supposed to be versus what... what, um, more, what this word moralistic therapeutic deism is. Also, if you don't want to say the whole word, it's also just called MTD. MTD. Mike, Tim, Dave. <laughs> MTD, all right? So we'll just call it MTD. So here's here's something you need to know about the teaching of MTD and how it's tainted holiness. Okay, so they believe that there is a God. They believe that God, a God exists. They don't believe that a living God, the living God exists, but they believe that a God exists. And they believe that God wants people to be good, nice, and fair. And that the goal in life is for you to be happy and to care about yourself. And that God, listen, and that God only gets involved in your life when things get bad. And then ultimately at the end of the day, if you're good, if you're nice and you're fair, and as long as you're happy and you're a good person, quote unquote, you get to go to heaven. Yes, that's, that is a belief out there. And and here's the thing, listen, focus, guys, guys, guys. I don't have a lot of time and I don't want to take away from smugglers, but I need you to focus. Many churches today, have allowed this thinking to creep in and talk about what holy living is all about. Let me give you an example. That What they believe is as long as you do good works, as long as you do this and you don't do this, you change the outside of who you are, you're considered a good person who will go to heaven. I love, I love this. Alright. Alright. Amen. But there is this belief among even Christian believers that as long as they change the way they act, they are good. But here's the thing. A call to holy living isn't, is not just about being, quote, good. Okay? A call to holy living transforms our lives. So it's nothing that you can do on the outside to say, "Hey God, here's how much I've changed on the outside. I'm good." Like I, I'll go back to my music thing first my my story about music for a second. No one in the church told me because, to change my music or else you're not saved. Okay, they didn't give me a list of rules. Hey, this is this is what you need to listen to. What you not need to listen to. We were joking about this today. I don't know who DC Talk was, and apparently I. Uh, serious. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, however, however, listen, however, I was convicted. I was convicted a month after I surrendered my life to Christ. I was on a run and I was convicted by the Holy Spirit inside saying, I was literally running mid stop. I remember I was running mid stop and saying, Here, Mike, you can't listen to this anymore. You can't listen to this anymore. Why? Because it's not music that is pleasing to God. And by the way, if you continue in that lifestyle, it's not really pleasing to Him either. And so ultimately, yes, did I change the behavior on the outside, but it came from an inside, from the power of the Holy Spirit to transform me and showing me this is your sin. How you're living is sinful to me. And this idea of MTD, actually Jesus um, talks about how dangerous this could be. It can it can cause us to act like the Pharisees. Like, I know we all get on the Pharisees like, ah, but if we're not careful, we can act just like them. Luke chapter 18, verses 11 through 14, Jesus shares a parable, and this is what he says. The Pharisee was standing and praying like this about himself. God, I thank you that I'm not like other people. Greedy, unrighteous adulterous, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I give a tenth of everything I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even raise his eyes to heaven, but kept striking his chest and saying, God have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you this, the one who went down to his house, I tell you this, this This one went down to his house justified rather than the other, because everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. See, one of the things that you have to be careful with this type of thinking with MTD and thinking that your good works are good enough, you start comparing yourself to other people like that Pharisee was. You start looking around and saying, well, at least I don't smoke weed. At at least I don't post negative things like that on Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat. At least I don't, I don't, I don't. And we start to puff ourselves up and thinking that we are somehow good and that we're okay. But in reality, if we ever start looking at people like, oh, one of those, we need to look at ourselves and be like, ooh, I'm starting to become... Religious here. I'm actually starting to judge or, or look down on others because here's the thing: we, if you're a believer, we were all one of those at one time. We we're all sinners saved by the grace and the love of Christ. We should never be looking at someone saying, "Yeah, I'm better than them because I I've done this and and or I haven't done this." The only thing that makes us different is what Christ has done on the cross and us surrendering our lives. to Yes, bud. Uh, What's up? Uh,
1: Discipline of grace.
0: Discipline of grace. Who is it by? I forget. Gary yeah, Gary so good. Oh, good to know. <laughs> Appreciate it. All right. So now we know what not holiness, what holy living looks like. Let's talk about what holy life looks like or, or what, it, what it is. Uh, and I'm taking some of these definitions from a book called Holiness by J.C. Ryle. Um, it's a very tough read. So if you, if you want to try to read it, go for it. Um, Tim can tell you it's very tough to read. Um, okay. Alright. So here's what being holy, according to this, these definitions, this is what I like. What a holy life looks like. Number one, it's the habit of being of one mind with God. It's the habit of being of one mind with God. J.C. Ryle actually wrote this in his book. It is the habit of agreeing in God's judgment, hating what He hates, loving what He loves, and measuring everything in the world by the standard of His Word. He who most entirely agrees with God, He is the most... Holy man. All right? So the habit of being of one mind with God. The second aspect of call of, ho- of a holy living life, of uh, living a life of holiness is a hate for sin. A hate for sin and a desire to do the will of God. A hate of sin and a desire to do the will of God. Some, Psalm 119, 127 to 136 reads as follows. Since I love your commands more than gold, even the purest gold, I carefully follow all your precepts and hate every false way. Your decrees are wondrous, therefore I obey them. The revelation of your words bring light and gives understanding to the inexperienced. I open my mouth and pant because I long for your commands. Turn to me and be gracious to me, as is your practice towards those who love your name." Make my steps steady through your promise. Don't let any sin dominate me. Redeem me from human oppression and I will keep your precepts. Make your face shine on your servant and teach me your statutes. My eyes pour out streams of tears because people do not follow your instruction. See, the psalmist David here, he he is sharing how much he loves God. That's why he was considered the man after God's own heart. He loves God. He, he wants to follow in his precepts. He loves his command. And he's actually heartbroken at the fact that there are people out there who don't. See, a call to, to, to living a holy life has a desire of looking at ourselves and saying, I hate this sin in my life. And God, I, I, I pray that you help me not just overcome this, but destroy it so it doesn't destroy my life. The third thing is to strive to be like our Lord Jesus Christ. Holiness is a stra- is, means to strive to be like our Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians 1 verse 27 says, Just one thing, as citizens of heaven, live your life worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then when, whether I come and see you or am absent, I will hear about you that you are standing firm in one spirit, in one accord, contending together for the faith of the gospel. 1 John 2, verses 3-6 through 6 say this, This is how we know that we know Him. If we keep His commands, the one who says, I have come to know Him, yet doesn't keep His commands, is a liar. And the truth is not in Him. But whoever keeps His word truly in Him, the love of God is made complete. This is how we know we are in Him. The one who says He remains in Him should walk just as he walked, see, embracing the call to live a holy life doesn't mean we're going to be perfect. All right, this idea of like I got to be perfect, I got to live like this, and, and be in this tight box and not have fun. We we have fun here, okay? Like, right? You guys, like, right? Okay, okay. Yeah. However, yeah. all right. So, but embracing the call here doesn't mean for a holy life doesn't mean we're going to be perfect. But embracing the call to live a holy life means we're going to live differently. Embracing the call to a holy life means we are going to live, live differently. In verse 15 in 1 Peter, he writes, Be holy in all. Focus up here for a second, girls. Be holy in all your Conduct and conduct also means behavior the Greek word for all is all
1: <laughs> okay
0: it, it's all all like like it doesn't this is my point like it doesn't mean this is what it doesn't mean it doesn't mean you could come and pretend on a Wednesday night or on a Sunday night or any type group setting where there's a teaching going on and say this is the day i'm going to live a holy life to just Fool everyone and make sure everyone knows that, yeah, I'm part of the crowd. Living a holy life means that I'm consistently in everything I do, in all my behavior. So when I'm at school, and maybe I'm the only, Christian who's proclaiming to, or the only person who's proclaiming to be a Christ follower, and I have a group of friends who aren't, and they, they want to make fun of people, they want to bully people, you have a choice in that moment. You have a choice to give in to peer pressure. Or you have a choice to live differently and say, No, I'm not going to make fun of that person. I'm actually going to be a friend to that person. You, you, have a, you have an opportunity when a teacher gives you a homework assignment. And maybe many people in the class don't like the teacher. And so the way they get back at the teacher is not by, do, is by not doing their homework. And honoring what the teacher is asking you to do. You have the opportunity to live differently and say, no. While I may not agree with everything with the teacher, I'm still going to get my homework done. i got to move quickly, and that was only one section. Okay, section two, a reverence for Christ. A reverence for Christ. First Peter, verse 17, it says, If you appeal to the Father who judges impartially, according to each one's work, You are to conduct yourselves in reverence during your time living as strangers. Okay. Highlight, circle, underline the word reverence if you have a Bible or your Bible app. I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about that real quickly. I'm gonna, I'm gonna define reverence, yeah. So circle, highlight, underline the word reverence. And this word is defined as the proper sense of awe, respect, and wonder that is inspired and demanded by, by an encounter with or meditation upon the character and activity of the living God. What's that? It's more of just the way you live your life is that you respect him, in all that you do, that you're in awe, that he's, he's not just as the MTD says, that he's only there with you when bad things are happening, that's when you can call upon him, that he's everywhere with you, and that you look at your life and see the grace of that he's put, the mercy that he, that he's given you, the kindness and humility that he shows, or, I'm sorry, that the kindness that he shows should lead us to humility where we respect him and say, God, I praise and worship you in all things that I do. And I'll just say this really quickly. If we don't have faith and hope in God, we won't revere Him. If you don't have faith and hope in God, if you don't have faith and hope in Christ, you won't revere Him, you won't respect Him, your, your, your life will, will show a way of, I'm living a life for me and not a life for God. And, and you may be asking, well, why would I revere God? Why should I show this awe and respect and, 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 uh, and praise to who God is? We read here that Christ died for us. Christ spilt His blood. See, our salvation doesn't come by how much money we spend. It's not about how much money we give to a specific church and saying, oh, you're no longer going to hell because you bought this ticket saying you're no longer going to hell. It's not how it works, but some people believe that. We were saved by the precious blood of Jesus Christ, by Him giving His life on the cross. And then finally here in this call to holy living in this third section, let's call it sincere love. Sincere love. Verse 22 to verse 23, in 1 Peter says, Since you have purified yourselves by your obedience to the truth, so that... You show sincere, brotherly love for each other. From a pure heart, love one another constantly, because you have been born again, not of a perishable seed, but of an imperishable, through the living, enduring word of God. Okay, so you see that the word love is there twice, and there's, those loves are actually two different types of loves. Um, does anyone know what brotherly love is? Dante. Dante. Mm-hmm. Yes, loving someone that, like their sibling. Sibling. Does any this might be be a challenge? I don't know. But does anyone know what the Greek word for brotherly love? So there's a town. There's a there's a city an hour away from us south. Does anyone know the name of that? Yeah, Phila, Philadelphia. So Philadelphia. Is known as brotherly love. Yes. Quiet, quiet. Yes, Phila. the The beginning part means brotherly love, and actually, Philadelphia is supposed to mean uh, the city of brotherly love. And Dante, you were on point that this is a way we love people and act like they're our siblings. So look around for a second. Just look around. Take five seconds. One, two, three, four, five. Alright, if you see fellow believers in here, you know that you're saying that these are friends, and they're saying that they're Christ followers. They have been adopted into the same family of God, like you. That means they're your brother and your sister. If, if they are true believers. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Yes.
1: <laughs>
0: Scripture says that they're still your brother and sister, so um <laughs> so here here's the thing here's the thing if someone how many of you have siblings okay 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 if If someone were to come in and make fun of your sibling, or or if they were to make fun of your sibling, or or maybe you, you found out at school one day they were beaten up by someone, or anything happened to your sibling, how would you react? Okay, so, Rachel, you defend them, you protect them, you care for them, right? Right? I'm hoping if, 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 you're, if you wouldn't do that with your brother or sister, maybe we should have a conversation. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but, here's, but here's my point. In this room... Those who are saying, if you, we're all in this room, are saying we're believers, and you're professing that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you are brothers and sisters in His family, and that means we should be loving each other, we should be respecting each other, we should be caring for one another. I know that some of you guys think that 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 boys and girls are different. Okay, 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 okay. That wasn't a, that wasn't a conversation. This is my point. We all have different backgrounds. We all have different gifts. We all have different abilities. We all have different quirks about each other that we we may not like. But that doesn't mean we disrespect one another. That doesn't mean we don't care for one another. That doesn't mean we, we, have a, we here on Wednesday act like we, we love each other and then the moment we step out these doors, we start talking negatively about one another. That's not what sincere, brotherly love looks like. And there's another type of love. It's called an agape love. Love. What does it mean? Dean. Agape you, you gotta exc- okay. Agape love. I don't know what it means, but I know that um... <laughs> it's something um bold in me. Wait, oh wait yes, a ball in the,
1: the, the
0: ball? Okay, we're moving on. Agape love. Agape love will involve deep feelings and affections, but agape begins with a decision. Agape doesn't wait for merit earned by one who receives love, and agape doesn't wait for inspiration. Let me translate that simply. Agape love means you choose to love that person. It's not based off feelings. It's not based like, hey, here's what they did for me. You make a choice to love that person no matter what happens. And as the body of Christ, as the church, we are seen here. And a, a life to call to holy living means that we are to love one another. Jesus himself said in John chapter 13, verse 35, By this, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. If you will not love one another. How many of you outside of here you can say things are pretty harsh? Whether it's in school, maybe on social media, whatever, maybe things are pretty harsh and, and it's tough, and maybe you don't feel love, that no one actually chooses to love you, care about you, respect you, protect you, honor you. We need to be reminded that when we're in here... We want to be different than the world. And I think you guys do a pretty good job at this. But I just want us to remind ourselves, anytime we have a new person come in, or anytime that um, maybe someone who hasn't hasn't been here for a while comes in, or or if there's someone in here that maybe you're uh, having issues with, it's your responsibility out of love to fix it. It's, it's your responsibility out of love to go to that person and maybe have a leader involved and say, let's resolve this issue because I care about you. I, I care about our friendship as brothers and sisters. And then let me just close with this and the worship team can come on up. We make the decision to love one another because Christ decided to love us when we didn't love Him. Let's think then. When we we make the decision to love one another, because Christ decided to love us, even when we didn't love Him. You know how I know Christ decided that He chose to love us because He died for us. He, He He died for me, someone who didn't want anything to do with Him, and He died for you as well. So if you're in here this evening and you're wondering, man, I don't, I don't feel this love, or, or maybe you've done things where you feel like, I'm so far from God. You're not so far from God. By His grace and His love that He has saved you through Jesus Christ. And, and my, I want to make one last point about deciding to love other people in here. If you are born again, it's the Holy Spirit inside that will help you to transform you to love every individual here. Like, like it's not something that's going to come quick right away. You all, every single day, need to make the choice, am I going to love this person or these people? Whether they're here in the church, whether they're outside the church, because again, if we ever get to a point where like, those people versus look how great I am, that's not loving. That's actually looking down on people. And it's not our job to look down on people. It's our responsibility as Christ's followers to point them to the Savior who is above. Let's pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this evening, Lord. I, I thank you uh, through these scriptures that Peter lays out for us, you know, the call to a holy life, what holy living looks like, and having a reverence and respect for you, God, and having a reverence and respect for those that are part of the bride, that are part of the body of Christ. Father God, I pray this evening that if there are those in this room who maybe be struggling about this, Holy Spirit, I pray through small groups that uh, you can reveal more to them. And Father, I, I pray that people don't go away thinking that it's a, it's a good works mentality. No, it, it, none of our works saves us. Yes, are we called that to be obedient children to you, God? Yes, but that doesn't happen until a transformation happens in our hearts, Lord. And so if there are people in this room today that need a transformation in their life, Holy Spirit, I pray you just do a mighty work in them today. Father God, as we get ready to for a time of worship here, Lord, I, I pray that we worship with a reverence and respect in awe of who You are, giving praise to Your glorious mercy, to Your glorious grace, get the free gift of salvation that none of us deserve. And we come to You in humility and awe and saying, God, thank You. And I pray that it doesn't just happen here on a Wednesday night. I pray, as Peter says, in all of our conduct, in all of our behavior, and everywhere we go, that we're not compartmentalizing our relationship with you to just a Wednesday and to just a Sunday, but that we are bold enough to go out and live a life for you every single day, no matter the cost. God, we're choosing to love you. We're choosing to love those around us. Because you first chose us. You first chose to love us. Even maybe when we weren't deserving of that love. God, I thank you. And we praise you. In Jesus' name. Amen.